for 30 plus years. I've seen every type of child grow up. Instead of giving me what I wanted, she gave me what I needed, which was truth. Don't let emotions win. Let truth win. Do your very best, and you should have a lot of fun while you do it. And the better you get at something, the more fun you're going to have at something. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids. This is episode number 141, and I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker. I am so excited to be talking with you today and about how to parent great kids. You know, my goal with every podcast is to help you be the parent you want to be. I interview child and adolescent experts to help you understand your kids and understand why they do what they do and why you respond the way you do. It gets kind of complicated. I want to give you tools to grow your kids into great kids. And if they're already great kids, we'll make them greater. No topic is off limits. So if there's a subject that you would like discussed, let me know. Again, these podcasts are for you. Today, I'm not going to interview anybody This episode is going to be called Ask Dr. Meg. And what I'm going to do is go through a number of the wonderful questions that you've asked. And I'm going to answer those questions. When you listen to a podcast, remember to subscribe. Every episode contains the most up-to-date professional help on a variety of issues. PGK is on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Google Play Store. If you like what you hear on any of the PGK podcasts, you have to join our private community, Parenting Great Kids Community. Here you can ask me questions, chat with other parents, and find support from parents struggling with the same issues you are. And if you join the PGK community, you'll have free access to every course I've ever created. Check it out, Meeker parenting.com. I'm going to keep the writers of the questions anonymous. Dear Dr. Meg, my 16 year old daughter is experiencing identity issues. She hasn't talked with me about it, but she has to her brother and some close friends. I want to reaffirm to her that it's okay to be a girl and straight and still struggle with your sexuality and identity and that you don't have to be non-binary or change your pronouns or be bisexual. She did experience some sexual abuse, so I believe a lot of this stems from how she's dealing with that. She's also in theater and has been exposed to a lot of people who have changed their gender identity. I want to get her some therapy, but worry with the culture of today that it would just reinforce her feelings and desires. Please help my little girl. Well, First of all, thank you so much for writing. You know, our kids are living in a time where life is extremely confusing, particularly when it comes to their sexual identity and their sexuality. We're living in a culture that sexualizes our daughters and our sons. It makes them feel as though their sexuality is the most important part of their identity that their worth comes from their sexuality, that their sexuality trumps their identity as a human being. And this is wrong. 
here's what I would encourage you to do. And this is what I do with kids in my office. First of all, I would address your daughter in a larger context. And I would say to her, honey, I understand that you're struggling with your sexuality and your sexual identity. And you know what a lot of kids your age do. But here's the thing. Why don't we put your sexual identity on the back burner for a while and focus on you developing bigger parts of who you are? Focus on developing your character, um, your skills, your natural gifts, so that you're not thinking about your sexual identity as much because many kids your age become obsessed with it. Here's another thing that you need to learn. Kids in high school, particularly at arts academies or places where kids feel uh, free to experiment with many things, feel that they need to stamp themselves as gay, straight, bi, or transgender while they're in high school. Tremendous amount of pressure for them to stamp themselves as one of these. And it really isn't fair to kids because the truth of the matter is, and I know a lot of people are gonna disagree with me, but I've been doing this for over 30 years. The truth of the matter is that a child's sexual identity is evolving in their teen years. For a 14 or a 16 year old to come forth and say, um, I'm bisexual, they really don't understand what that means. But again, a lot of them are saying it because they feel pressure to give themselves a stamp. So the best thing to do as a parent is to say, you know what, honey, a lot of things are confusing at 16. You know, there are decisions that you have to make about what you want to be and who your friends are going to be and uh, what life is going to be like for you when you're 18 or should you go to college. And your sexual identity is one of those things that is confusing as well. So I want you to give yourself some time to write your story or to let your story be written. Take the focus off her sexual identity. And that's what I was talking about at the beginning. So when you talk to her as though she's a human being created for a purpose, loved by God, created perfectly in God's image. And then you teach her that she has extraordinary gifts to make the lives of those around her better and help her focus on that, that will really make her feel better. Because the truth of the matter is it's hard for kids to focus so much on their sexual identity and their sexuality. It's exhausting for these poor kids. And I think we do them a huge disservice by feeding into this as parents, teachers, counselors, and so on and so forth. We need to back off and teach our kids to back off, focus on other things rather than their sexual identity. Finally, it's really important that you don't panic, that you don't get very critical, that you don't come down on her or scream at her or tell her she's wrong. Tell her that you love her because of who she is. You love her because she's an incredible human being. That you love her because she's your daughter. 
And then as time goes on, refuse to engage in the talk about sexual identity, but acknowledge to her that it's very important not to make concrete decisions at her age because life is constantly changing. Let's go on to another question here. Dear Dr. Meg, I have a sister who is pregnant out of wedlock. My kids ask me why their aunt is pregnant without being married. We're devout Catholics, and my kids are ages four to nine. How do I talk to them about this? Aren't they too young to talk about sex? Yes, I believe your kids are too young to talk about sex. Now, your nine-year-old might have a clue as to what's going on and how babies are born and um, and have some questions about sex. So you might want to tease that out of him and say, what do you know and what do you not know? But in general, yes, this is a topic that's too intense for them. Here's what I would say. First of all, you don't want to malign your sister. You don't want to criticize her in front of your kids. You want them to continue to uh, love her, but to realize that something is going on here that you don't necessarily agree with. So what I would do when you talk with them is say something like this. You know what, boys? My sister is pregnant and she isn't married. In our family, we don't believe that this is God's plan for anyone, for my sister, for your aunt or anyone else. But I want to tell you something. I don't want you to worry about it right now. As you get older, we'll talk about these things. We'll talk about where babies come from and and why someone might be pregnant and they're not married. But for now, don't worry about it. She has a beautiful baby and she's a really good aunt to you. So just let's put it on the back burner and we'll talk about it later. I have another great question. Believe it or not, it's very simple, but this comes up really pretty often. Dear Dr. Meg, my wife and I are moving into a new house. It's a much larger house than we currently live in. My question is, my kids are five and one. Where should their bedrooms be relative to our bedroom, to my wife's and my bedroom? Should I keep them close to us or should I keep them distant from us? You know, you can't believe, again, how common this question is, and here's why. Many parents move into a larger home and they're excited for their kids to have their own rooms. They're excited to have more room for them to run around in. And of course, they're excited because they've been working for a long time to buy a bigger home. But here's what you need to realize about kids. Kids this age don't want to be in a bedroom far from their parents. They like to be close to their parents. It gives them security. They know that if they have difficulty in the middle of the night, if they have a bad dream, they can access their parents very quickly. Kids don't like to be far away from their parents. They don't even often at this age like to be on a different level from their parents. In other words, if their parents are downstairs and the kids are upstairs. So pay attention to that. But in my experience, most young kids like to be in a bedroom very close to their parents' bedroom. And it isn't unusual at all for siblings to want to sleep in the same room. Here's a question from an anonymous stepmother. 
Dear Dr. Meg, my 10-year-old stepdaughter wants to know why her parents divorced. Her biological mother had an affair. I don't know how to handle something so sensitive with my stepdaughter. She's very persistent in wanting to know what should I do. You know, it's interesting that you ask this and you're a very sensitive, intuitive uh, stepmother. And I applaud you for talking, for wanting to talk this through with your 10-year-old stepdaughter. Kids who don't know why their parents divorced are really in a much better place to have a better relationship with their biologic mom and their biologic dad. Here's why. When a child knows why parents got divorced, he or she is always going to pick the parent that he or she believes is wrong. And when that happens, that child will pull away from their parent. Let's say you told your 10-year-old stepdaughter that her mom had an affair and left your husband. Your stepdaughter is going to become very angry with her mother, and that's going to interfere with her relationship with her mother, and you don't want that to happen. I've actually had kids who didn't know why their parents got divorced, who grew up and were very grateful that their parents didn't tell them for this exact reason. Kids want their own relationship with their parents. They're not divorced from their parents. They want the freedom to know their mother and their father without the other parent coming in between them. In other words, they want the ability to understand their parent the way they understand their parent. They want to see their dad through their eyes, not through their mom's eyes, and vice versa. So in my opinion, what I would do is I would tell your 10-year-old stepdaughter, you know what, honey, I know you want to know right now, but it's important that you not know because I want you to have a good relationship with your dad and a good relationship with your mother. When you're older, we'll talk about it and leave it at that. I think a lot of times parents get hung up on the idea that they need to be completely honest with their kids. Of course you need to be honest, but it doesn't mean that we need to go in depth or even talk to our kids about something that we believe is gonna hurt them or we believe is gonna harm their relationships with their parents. Parents, I hope you've enjoyed this time of me answering your questions. We need to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of your questions. Dear Dr. Meg, my seven-year-old son is bossy and he's mean to his older brothers and peers. He tattles, he's highly competitive, and verbal fights lead to physical fights. Kindness training is not getting through. Well, you have a very strong-willed seven-year-old son if he's being bossy to his older brothers. Usually it's the other way around. First of all, I would expect that your seven-year-old son is acting this way because he wants attention. For some reason, he feels that his older brothers are doing something that he can't do. Maybe they're smarter. Maybe they're stronger. Maybe they get more attention from you. Maybe they're cooler. And he wants to be like them, but he can't. So 
his way of getting attention is being nasty and bossy. And that's something that you need to know. A lot of times parents say, well, my, my child's only doing it because they want attention. And I say, right, so give them attention. Parents often say that because they feel that it's a way to excuse the kid's behavior and not pay attention. That's the first thing I would think about is that he's wanting attention, so give him more attention. You or dad, give him more attention. The second thing with a seven-year-old is that kindness training helps in some areas. But when you're talking about a brother-to-brother relationship, it can be very, very tricky because they are competitive. Boys naturally fight. Sometimes they fight for fun. They wrestle. They, they're very physical with one another because that's how boys play. That's how they bond. But when you have verbal insults that lead to physical fights consistently, you need to intervene and you need to stop the behavior. Kindness training won't do that. Because their feelings, your, your seven-year-old's feelings towards his, his brothers are very, very intense. So this is what you need to do. Basically, he's bullying his brothers. And one day, when his older brothers have had enough, they're going to pop him one. And he's not going to do what he's doing anymore. So just to warn you, that's the way older brothers um, respond when they've had enough from a younger brother. But here's what I would do. I would sit down with your seven-year-old and I say, look, I know that you like being with your brothers. I know that you feel competitive with your brothers, that you want to be who they are. You want to be able to do things as well as they do. And I understand it. It's totally normal. But you need to realize you have very different talents than they do. So don't compete with them. You know, you're really good at soccer and they're good at baseball. You're really... um, academically very strong, you know, their gifts were more in the sports arena, whatever. You want to talk about his gifts and tell them that they're very different from his brother's gifts to diffuse some of that competitive spirit. Then you have to say to them, however, no matter how you feel towards your brothers, in our house, fighting is not allowed. Your brothers are not allowed to fight where somebody's going to get hurt, either with uh, verbal insults or physically hurt. And dad and I are not allowed to treat you kids that way. And you're not allowed to treat us that way. You're not allowed to treat your brothers that way. That's the family rules. So even though you want to boss your brothers around, even though you feel that you can scream and yell at them, even though you feel that you can physically fight with them, you can't. So here's what we're going to do. You've gotten into this habit. It's a bad habit. We need to break it. And I'm going to help you break it. When I find you fighting with your brothers or being rude to your brothers and really bossy with your brothers, I'm going to need to take you away from your brothers. You're going to have to go to your room and you're going to have a timeout for half an hour. You have to be alone because if you can't behave with other family members, you can't be with them. The other thing that you need to do is find a consequence for your son that he really doesn't want. Now, a lot of parents say, well, I can't find a good consequence for my seven-year-old because no matter what I do, he doesn't care. He keeps on with his bad behavior. 
you haven't found the right consequence. There's something your seven-year-old wants. When you take it away, he will be motivated the next time not to have that thing taken away. So it needs to be serious enough. It needs to sting enough that he is motivated not to fight with his brothers because he doesn't want to get his video game or his iPad or whatever it is taken away. So really, this is a discipline issue. Nobody in the family is allowed to treat anyone else the way he's treating his brothers. If he continues to behave that way, there's going to be a consequence that he doesn't like. And finally, when he's behaving that way towards his brothers, he's not allowed to be with them. He's in his room for at least half an hour. And when he's ready to stop being bossy and stop fighting and stop being rude, then he's allowed to be with them. Dear Dr. Meg, my daughter is 38 years old and she has unresolved issues with her dad, my husband. Unfortunately, my husband has no clue that my daughter still struggles with issues with her dad. What do I do? Well, first of all, you can't change your husband and you can't change your daughter. And you know that she's a 38 year old woman. She probably has a family of her own, a career, whatever, but her life is established as an adult woman. Here's what I would encourage you to do. You can influence your husband and you can talk to your husband in a way that he's most likely to respond in an affirmative way. I would say something like this to him. You know what, honey, I'm concerned about our daughter. Um, I know that she's struggling in certain ways and I know that she looks to you for comfort. She looks to you for advice. She, she wants you to spend more time with her. She, in other words, identify to him what parts of his character your daughter would like to connect with and they need to be positive. So you point out the positive aspects of him as a dad and you let him know that your daughter wants to connect with those parts of him. So you let him feel good about being her dad. Then you say something to him like, if I were in our daughter's shoes, I would want a closer relationship with you. I would want to connect with you more if you were my dad. And I believe that our daughter would like that. What do you think about that? So you get him to start thinking about his relationship with your daughter and he's thinking about it in a positive way. The last thing you want to do is go to him and say, listen, honey, you know, our daughter is really hurting and she's very upset and she's isolated from us. She's withdrawn from us. And I know it has a lot to do with you and unresolved issues that she has with you. You need to step up to the plate. You need to reach out to her and you need to ask for forgiveness. Now, some men respond to that, but most men don't because when it comes with to relationships with their daughters or any of their kids, they get very defensive. And when they feel that you are attacking them for their parenting, they withdraw, get very defensive, and they're, they're more likely to not respond in a positive way. So I certainly would try the first approach at the beginning, encourage him 
that he is a good dad. He has something good to give to his daughter, even though she's 38. She still needs her dad. She wants a better relationship with him. He will benefit from a better relationship with his daughter. And then you start to nurture that. You encourage him to reach out to her. You encourage him to call her, to email her, to ask her to go out to dinner with him or to have breakfast with her. And then, you know, see how your daughter responds when you talk to your daughter. You're not trying to get in the middle of the relationship. What you're trying to do is encourage the two of them to come together. You're not telling them what to say. You're encouraging them to come together to work through their issues. Then I would go to your daughter and say, you know what, honey? I know you want to resolve these issues with dad. I don't know what the issues are, but you do. And I believe that if dad understands these issues, he will resolve them with you or he'll want to resolve them with you. So I would encourage you that if dad reaches out to you in any way, that you take a step forward and you go to dad and as adult woman, you begin to talk to him in a very gentle way about the issues. And I really believe that if you can just bring these two together in that way, some resolution of hurts will begin to happen. Well, parents, that's it for today's questions. You know, I love answering your questions. While I can't answer all that come through my Ask Dr. Meg, I answer all of them in the parenting great kids community so check it out go to meekerparenting.com and always remember that great kids are raised not born <laughs>